Isn't that kind of contradictory? I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Trice Talk. Oh. Hello? Dennis, can you hear us? Well, hello, gentlemen. This is Dennis Lee. I thought I was talking to myself. I, <laughs> I got no response. I got no response. George is getting angry. I'm I'm looking at the board. I'm looking at the bar. I'm what 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 is hey, it? Hey Crimson. Hey Becco. Um Hey Crimson and my name is Eric. Becco. Everybody uh, have a fantastic uh, uh, Easter weekend. Yes, yes. Um that's a song, yes. isn't it? My name is Eric. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we can well, make we can one. make. Yeah, we can make it a song, Eric. We can. Uh, we'll just put one together. Um. Well, let's try to get some more of our friends in here, including BP Forty Nine and Jess Duck, and and hopefully Ellie J might be on her way. Did, uh, did I say this is trash talk? I don't yes, you did. Now. You did, sir. You oh, I, that's when I was talking to myself. Okay. There right. it was. It okay. Was. Well, it's Sunday, April the 4th, um, tail end of Easter Sunday. I hope yes. everybody had a, a nice Easter. The weather was beautiful here in Atlanta. It was. It was. It was a blessed one. I hope everybody found their eggs if they lost them and were looking or at for least, them. Um, you know, at least cracked them open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how yeah, how is it? Hmm? Well, it's good. It smells of fowl in here from you know uh, thirty six boiled eggs. I mean, can't go wrong there. Um, yeah, well, but, uh, it was a good day. <laughs> how about you, Eric? Of... I didn't really get to do much this year. Um, no, no, second year in a row of no friendly get together. But I'm house sitting for my brother and sister in law. You know, because they've got two chihuahuas, a little microfish, and a bearded dragon, but they're down in Daytona. Did you oh, say a nice. microfish? Yeah, it's mm. called Blue Swimmer. The bearded dragon, his name is Axel, and then the two chihuahuas, Coda and Roxy. It's been a long time since I've had fish. 
I mean, you know, in, a, in mm-hmm. an aquarium or a bowl. <laughs> yes. Well, I always like, I, I loved aquariums. I may have said this before. I just didn't like the cleaning. Yeah, I guess we did talk about it one time because, Dennis, you were talking about uh, catfish or something, scavengers, you know, cleaning the bottom. Catfish? Um Oh yeah, scuppers, scuttlers, uh, um, or something like that. Scuttle bumpers. I, Scut- you know, I, don't, remember, I don't remember exactly skittles, what they're called. The rainbow. Skittles. Everybody <laughs> loves skittles. Well, yeah, yeah, but yes, those those things that clean them. I always yeah. had snails that clean the glass, but they just they don't do a great job because after they clean the green, then they leave the slime. So Oh, oh that's a good slogan. After it is. Clean, kind the, of, clean the green. And um, leave the slime. I mean, they're probably going to run with that slogan in New York. You know, clean the green. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the Democrat Party should run with that. Yeah, really. Right. Or clean the slime and leave the green. I don't know. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. It was it was nice. It was nice to have this day to celebrate yeah. something nice and, and forget a little bit about what's going on in the country. Yes. Um, right. um, and if we may, gentlemen, um, I, I would like for us to dedicate tonight's episode of Tristalk to legendary newsman. Don Farmer, who passed away on Wednesday, you know, and he was a journalism legend. I don't know if y'all remember watching him on Channel 2 for 10 years back. I do. Back. I remember Don yeah. Farmer. He, yeah, he worked at old. ABC News for a long time, and then he worked at CNN, you know, when it started up in 1980. And, and I'm sure you mm. might even remember his wife, Chris Curl, too. But he wasn't that old, was he, Eric? He was 82 years old. As, as a matter of fact, I didn't realize he was as old as he was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, I didn't. Either. I would imagine his son Justin, who is still at Channel Two in Atlanta to this day. Um, I, I, I mean, I would imagine Justin must be in his late forties. Yeah. Because I know that is his and Chris Curl's son. Yeah, I, I remember him from years ago when I actually but, used to watch local news. But back, back when local news was the news, and it and it didn't turn into a propaganda machine. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't just a, uh, a repetitious voice for you know the left. Because you know, and, and and one one thing y'all might remember about Don Farmer is he could tell some of the most complex stories in a way that the audience could understand it. You know, back back at a time when television journalism, you know, or journalism in general was at its very best, and and was it as and it, and you didn't have that bias because. You you got to remember there was also the fairness doctrine back then. Yeah, and I mean news was news. I mean that's all exactly. they did is tell a story. They never, you never could tell which way a person might lean. You know who was giving this, who was uh, giving the news. It was always just about the facts and never about yeah, you know, basically opinion. being objective and right. you know, putting any personal likes and dislikes you had aside. Uh, I miss those days. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. That's where uh, it didn't matter, you know, what your color was, what your gender was, what you, you know, what, you know, it, what it would be up to the audience was. to decide who was yeah. right and who was wrong. Yeah. What cereal you ate for breakfast, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, 
you know, I, who, who, maybe you didn't know that it was cereal laced with cocaine. I don't know, but I mean, we can't judge you for that. What cereal um, is that? That's that one that Co- they busted. Oh, I know, Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> oh, where's the drum roll? Where's the drum roll? Yeah, you know, I think I found. Let's see, is this is. There, oh, that's the comedy sound. Yeah, that's the comedy sound. Eric's even got these it. sounds memorized. That's that's oh, weird. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's a so, wealth. All right, what what is this one? That's tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I like the fairy sound that the old man does for Dina Joe in the mornings. Well, that's it's got a check mark on it. it says it's the correct sound. That doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, yeah. yeah. but. I like that. That's a, there's our little, little oh. rim shot, I guess, if you'd say. Whoa, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hey, um, Lingalonga. Welcome to the show. Hey, Linga. Lingalonga. Yeah, Linga's far away. See. And Linga from down under? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Australia. Almost said Austria. <laughs> That wouldn't be correct. No, but that's okay. I'm so sure. do you say you say good day, mate, to him when he comes in? Eric? Um, <laughs> Somebody? Anybody? I don't care who responds. <laughs> this is mess with Donald Wayne. Donald, I, I'm going to have to. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to, uh, to mess with the volume. Oh, the hell, the hell, the hell, the hell, the Yeah. No, listen, let's do that. This, this is, oh my goodness, what was that? Somebody got uploaded. Um, huh? You uh, didn't hear that? I didn't hear anything. That must be on <laughs> your end. I didn't hear a thing. Oh, oh my. Well, did you, uh, did you eat any boiled eggs today, Donald Mike? Did you have any peeps? Did I have any peeps? Uh, no. No no marshmallow peeps. I uh, did have the, well, they were deviled eggs, but, you know, I, uh, technically they're boiled, right? We yeah. had those, yeah. And ham and uh, green beans and, hey, Jess. and stuff. It was it was hey, nice, Jess, nice uh, Easter meal. Well, good. Uh, we we actually didn't get peeps, but we did start a fire in the fire pit and roast marshmallows. Uh, oh, uh, well, why not? Did you try s'mores? No, we just did marshmallows. Uh, we're trying to cut back, so you know, just do a marshmallow. <laughs> it's always good when do they you- blaze and you freak out and panic, like, "Oh, I got to save the marshmallow," and you flick it over. Hopefully not on somebody. So those yes. do hurt. I um, unfortunately <laughs> flicked a flaming marshmallow onto my oldest cousin when I was oh my a kid, and yeah, he uh, he was about three years older than me, I think, and um, he had a few choice words for me. I mean, it, you could see it on his shirt, <laughs> flaming. Uh, he wasn't real happy about it. I don't think so. But you know, it was it was an accident. Well, you know, I just got excited because it was a big ball of fire on the end of my uh, roasting stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it happens like that sometimes. 
Yeah, I guess actually these nights would be a good time to uh, have a little fire outside if you can't go camping, you know. Yeah, well, you know, we've got the old next door neighbor has been burning trees for about a week and a half. So it's about time to get out there and do battle with who can produce the most smoke. <laughs> smoke. So, <laughs> um, do, do you have a window open when he's doing that? No, it, we, we have no? to keep the window shut because it will yeah. engulf the house. So. <laughs> Uh, that's okay we still love them anyway yeah well as much as we can <laughs> in that democrat neighborhood of yours love, love thy neighbor he says <laughs> so we try um so it's sunday i guess we got to talk a little bit about stuff yeah um stuff. a little little stuff the um, of course, the Major League Baseball knuckled under to uh, the woke <clears throat> mob here, and uh, is punishing Georgia for their voting law. Which, which you know, we I, it's really not a surprise to me. I'm surprised they're not doing more than that. But uh, maybe the NFL will get involved later on in the year. Um. In a story from Huckabee, uh, the evening edition from yesterday, he went on to say Major League Baseball knuckled under the woke mob and pressure from ill-informed President Biden and announced that it's going to move the All-Star game and its spring draft out of Atlanta in retaliation for passing the new integrity measures, election integrity. Uh, you know, I mean, does that really upset anybody? I mean, I'm sure it does. A lot of people are going to make money off of that, especially right. the county that we live in, because, you know, that's a big, big money maker for our county. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for, um, you know, not bringing those dollars in and people that are looking forward to that income that have needed it for so long. Well, yeah, those thanks a lot. The stores and uh, and that uh, what do they call it? The battery there, all those restaurants yeah. and and things and uh, hotels and vendors that work the games and all that are you know I mean who are they hurting the most? Are they hurting the Georgia legislatures legislators? No, uh, are they going to make a difference in in what the Republicans do in Georgia? No, <laughs> but they're going to hurt the little people who they say they care about the most. Um. Uh, let's see, Major League Baseball Commissioner Robert Mandred, he issued a statement announcing that the All-Star Game was going to be pulled from Atlanta over the election laws. And he goes on to say, I have decided that the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is relocating this year's All-Star Game and MLB draft. Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. <laughs> um, obviously, another person who has not read the law, uh, any part of it. But uh, critics call the decision pathetic and point out that you have to show ID to pick up tickets at uh, most Major League Baseball games. And, uh, of course, you have to show ID to buy beer once you're inside. But that doesn't seem to sway them, uh, you know, because they're upset about the Georgia ID law. Uh, by the way, I heard this on Tucker Carlson. I believe it was 
must have been Friday night that uh, the state of Vermont has required an ID to vote in its elections for years. And of course, they're still doing it today. And you know who's from Vermont? Bernie. That's also the same state that Podbean friend Dose lives in. Joe Biden. President Biden. That's his state. Hey, Sasquatch. Nobody's pressuring. Nobody's pressuring <laughs> him. There, nobody's boycotting Vermont, and it's almost as you know they have to show ID to vote there. So you know, it goes well, on. That's uh, anyway, moral outrage for you. It and in everything, Eric, and everything. Um, right. Huckabee goes on to say, Major League Baseball, Coke, Delta Airlines, and Hollywood movie and TV producers are among the big corporations who appear to be bowing to the leftist pressure to punish Georgia. But it's possible they might be about to learn a costly lesson that two can play the financial blackmail game since former president Trump is now calling for a boycott of such companies that fold like cheap card tables. Every time the leftist Twitter mob yaps <laughs> cheap card. Uh, tables. Yeah, I know. Uh, Huckabee's just has such a way with words. He almost, he puts humor in almost any, any kind of story that he does. Right. Um, Trump makes the point that baseball is already struggling for viewers and, and really can't afford to have 74 million plus Trump voters go find something better to do with their time, like watching Huckabee on their DVRs. Um, I've never been a big fan of boycotts, Huckabee says, since they tend to harm lower level workers more than the woke CEOs of the companies. But in this case, they started it. Major League Baseball doesn't seem concerned that its decision will harm regular people who work at the stadium in Atlanta, many of them African-Americans. Maybe hurting their pocketbooks will move their stockholders to remind them that the leftist view isn't the only view in America. And they're in business to make money, not virtue. I might also be more sympathetic to their views if they had actually read the Georgia law instead of leaping on the leftist bandwagon against it and parroting a load of outright lies, like claims that it'll make it harder to vote, only illegally. Shorten voting hours. It doesn't. In fact, it expands early voting. Ban water to people voting in lines. It just bans campaign volunteers from handing out free stuff at polling places. And return to the days of Jim Crow. I actually, I'm going to stop here in, in that article. I saw something on, uh, golly, there were so many different ones. I watched. It was last night. And something, um, it may have been Dan Bongino who played something that was run on CNN this past week. I don't know if anybody else saw it. But they actually dug up a clip of an old minstrel show you know, with, with a white guy and, and, and black face and he was singing and they right. were, they were, have you seen that Dennis Lee or Eric? No, I have not. I mean, Don't believe I have. Uh, Bongino was saying, so where in the world did they even find that tape? And, and if, you know, if, if a conservative news uh, station was running that, well, they'd be up in arms. But anyway, they just use that as part of their uh, argument that this is what George is returning to. And, um, and of course, then they would talk more about the Jim Crow, but that, that was just, it was so ridiculous. I mean, that's CNN and you wonder why I talk so badly about CNN. 
Um, let's see, where was I about that? Okay, anyway, and, and this said in Return of the Days of Jim Crow, which much of the law just returns to the standards set by the legislature before officials officials loosened them last year, trying to appease, you know, the uh, Stacey Abrams crowd because of COVID issues last year. As long as I brought up Trump, I'll remind you that Facebook and Twitter banned Trump because they claimed he spread false divisive inf- misinformation. So, we know if you've listened to him, President Biden has lied several times about this Georgia law. When is Twitter going to ban President Biden? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hold my breath waiting on that to happen. Well, I, I, please don't, Donald. Wayne. <laughs> well, um, don't. start right now. <laughs> I think like the what what is most unfortunate, and I'm sure y'all both agree that. If, if you tell the truth, um, you're basically just crucified and vilified, and um, and and your reputation just slandered, smeared, and besmirched. But but if you tell a lie, um, you're hailed as a martyr. And my question is, what is wrong with this picture? Yeah. What yeah? What is wrong with it? And, and what uh, what are we going to do to fix it? How much longer are we going to tolerate it? Would be my question, Eric. Exactly. I mean, but, what? But I what, but I guess they have you know, convince themselves that that telling lies is a big sell and that and that basically, you know, it's like they treat lies as the truth and, and truth as lies, which, you know, that that's just not right. Because we, we come from the mindset that the truth will set you free. Well, that used to be the case, but now it seems like the truth, the only thing it sets you free of is being on Twitter or Facebook or uh, some of the other, you know, uh, social media sites. They they want to ban you immediately. If you're a conservative or Republican, you say anything that they say is not true. But Or, but, or, or like the only conservatives that they would like are people like Eric Erickson who... Um, who has been like a vocal Trump critic and, you know, the same Eric Erickson you hear on WSB in Rush Limbaugh's old time slot now. Yeah. And that makes it hard for me to hear him because that's, well, of course I haven't been in a position where I could listen that time of the day lately, but um, he's probably, I mean, he, he was hard on Trump or at least he, he disagreed with a lot of things about Trump and criticized him quite frequently, but I still believe he's more of a conservative than he is anything else. He just, you know, he was one of those. I won't say he was a never Trumper because he did acknowledge some of Trump's accomplishments over the years, but uh, he he certainly didn't like his personality and the way he conducted himself uh, on Twitter and so forth. I I think the only biggest thing like Eric Eric Erickson would always come up with is um, that he, he felt like Donald Trump just did not identify with his like Christian values. But I mean, you know, and then Christian values, I know is going to be a divisive issue among people, you know, whether they agree or disagree with it, because you, you've got to remember when it comes to religion and politics, you're not going to please everybody. Well, and, and they've been trying to uh, punish Christians for years, even before Donald Trump be- got, you know, became president. Well, that is true. Uh, they've had to back off a little bit, you know, uh, from time to time, just because it, it doesn't go over too well. Because, you know, 
unfortunately, there's a lot of Democrats that are Christians as well. So, you know, when you attack Christians, you're not only attacking people on the right, you're also attacking people on the left. But it's, uh, you know, I guess we'll just let Biden keep on uh, telling falsehoods and uh, there won't be any repercussions to it. Dennis Lee, you no, got something? No. But, huh? Uh, you you still here? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Um, yeah, yeah. They they're just gonna let him ramble on and say whatever he wants. I mean, they figure he's only got a limited amount of time anyway. I mean, in in his position, you know, oh. for Kamala takes over. So, and what allegedly. position is that? Um, I don't know. It, you know, has anybody played Twister lately? <laughs> So, uh, not in uh, over 10 years. <laughs> okay. Well, going from that, uh, you know, uh, you may want to know why there, uh, you may want to know, um, that there is a global chip shortage and I don't mean lays, um, and, and, and why you should actually care about it. And this is a story from Reuters, uh, that, um, It says that from delayed car deliveries to a supply shortfall in home appliances to costlier smartphones, so that means the amount of your phones when it's time to trade them in is going up. And I was looking at maybe um, upgrading on my phone, and they're in the $1,200 range now. Um, Businesses and consumers across the globe are facing the brunt of an unprecedented shortage in semiconductor microchips. Something that not everybody thinks about. Um, you know, the shortage is stemming from a, a confluence of factors as car makers, which shut plants during the COVID 19 pandemic last year, compete against the sprawling consumer electronics industry for chip supplies. So people don't think about that either. You've got computers in your cars. So more and more of these newer cars and um, de- depend on microchips as well. Uh, consumers have stocked up on laptops, gaming consoles, and other electronic products during the pandemic, leading to tighter inventory. And if you'd gone out at any point after the pandemic was in the full throttle last year, you couldn't even find a freaking desk chair, let alone certain laptops and other office supplies. Um, because everybody was geared up to be working from home and doing school from home. Um, They also bought more cars than industry officials expected last spring, further straining supplies. Um, So there was, you know, um, even though um, just knowing the industry a little bit, um, local markets uh, in your different areas here in Georgia actually were down um, by 50% or so, they still had a higher than expected uh, sales of new vehicles and used vehicles. Um, but sanctions against Chinese tech companies have further exacerbated the crisis. Originally concentrated in the auto industry, the shortage has now spread to a range of other consumer electronics, including smartphones, refrigerators, and microwaves. You don't think about refrigerators but they've got microchips too. Hell, everything pretty much electronically is starting to have microchips in it these days. <laughs> and you would think that we'd be ahead of this curve, Donald Wayne. Um, yes, you would. I mean, we might have to start cranking those out in the garage. 
Uh, well, I've got a soldering iron. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll get one of those little 3D printers and let's go to it. Um, <laughs> with, with every company that uses chips in production panic buying to shore up stocks, the shortage has squeezed capacity and driven up costs to even the cheapest components of nearly all microchips, increasing prices of final products. Um, so the automobiles have become increasingly dependent on chips from everything from computer management of engines for better fuel economy to driver assistance features such as emergency braking, um, which could be useful in Atlanta when the <laughs> traffic comes back full throttle or people are wandering onto the roads from not driving in the past year. Wandering? Um, yeah, wandering. You're just kind of stumbling into the cars. Like, oh, they should. Some people should have to take their driver's license test all over again. Um, <laughs> the crisis has forced many to curtail the production of less profitable vehicles. So General Motors Company and Ford Motor Company are among the big car makers who said they would scale down production, which... Um, you know, they got rid of the Ford Fusion, so I think Ford is only making trucks and SUVs now, other than the Mustang. They say they'll keep making the Mustang, but the SUVs and trucks is all they're doing. The electric um, Mustang or, or all the Mustangs? Um, or I believe all the, all the Mustangs, no. from what I understand, but they don't put, point it out in this article. Um, and other automakers that are making the switch, too, is Volkswagen, AG, Subaru Corporation, Toyota Motor Corporation, and Nissan Motor Company. Um, a shortage of auto semiconductor chips could impact nearly 1.3 million units of global light vehicle production in the first quarter, according to data uh, firm IHS Market. IHS said that a fire at a Japanese chip-making factory owned by Renesis Electronics Corporation, which accounts for 30% of the global market for microcontroller units used in cars, has worsened the situation. <clears throat> I remember in the industry they had, uh, in the paint industry, they had a similar, I think when they had the earthquakes in Japan, that's where a pearl that is used in automobile paint they're all made in one place, so Japan disrupts the market again. Gee. Um, yeah, yeah, there was a it was a major ordeal that was back. Um, what was that in 2012, 2013, somewhere in there? So, you're saying <clears throat> these chips uh, are coming from Japan and, and not China? Is that what well, the article that, says? That's only that's only accounting for 30 percent of the global oh, okay. mar market. Um, and the severe weather weather in Texas has also forced Samsung electronic, Electronics, um, NXP semiconductors, and uh, Infineon to shut down factories temporarily. So all that bad weather they had, they had to shut down their factories. Really didn't have a choice, as a lot of them were without power. Um, Infineon and NXP are major automotive chip suppliers. Anal analysis expect the disruptions to add to the shortfalls in the ailing sector. Um, and then at the root of the squeeze is under investment uh, in eight inch chip manufacturing plants owned mostly by Asian firms, which means they've struggled to ramp up production as demand for 5g phones and laptops picked up faster than expected. 
So 5G is this, you know, working on this thing too. Um, Qualcomm, uh, whose chip feature in Samsung phones is a one major chip maker, struggling to keep up with demand. Um, Apple, a major supplier from Foxconn, also warned of the chip shortage affecting supply chains to clients. So this is going to be a big deal for everybody. And you wouldn't think about it, you know, microchip, uh, you know, and then 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 along comes Biden that uh, he he sought to use thirty seven billion in funding for legislation to supercharge chip manufacturing in the country. So I mean, it's only money. I mean, I guess we got it to spend. We can print more. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we can. <laughs> It'll be about worth as about as much as we have now. Yeah. So. If you're if you're uh, a little peeved at the cost of your smartphone, especially if you're looking for a five G one, uh, it's attributed to shortage in chips and uh, not those wavy legs. Yeah, <laughs> so wavy legs, uh, lays, 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 lays. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, I was just you know since you you're talking about that, I, I just I can't help but wonder how much of that kind of stuff comes from China and, you know, you know, these chips are putting in car. I mean, cars are, are so complicated now. And I was looking at an ad for a car that basically drives itself says you can get on a highway and then just turn the car over to automatic drive and just, you know, read or sleep or whatever you want to do. I'm thinking, gee, wouldn't that be an, a way for somebody like China just to really mess with us. Uh, well, it you know, said that uh, China has also offered a myriad of subsidies to the chip industry as it tries to reduce its dependence on Western technology. So they are slightly dependent on us, and you wouldn't think so, but the technology no. they're using over there is technology that they were going to be nice and say borrowed from the hmm. United States and other places. No, I'm sure Biden will be open arms with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah what you need? Up. What you need? What do you have? What do you have? They'll show up to the White <laughs> House and he'll forget that they were, you know, that he had a meeting with him, but, you know, conveniently. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's something coming up. Well, it's a good thing I already have my phone. It'll, it should be good for another couple of years unless I leave it at another movie theater. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, you know, it's got another year and a half on the car. Before I have to worry about that. So I'm good for right now. All right. Um, just a little bit of a follow-up. You know, when I was talking about, the, talk so much about this voting issue, well, just want to let everybody know that George is fighting back. <laughs> the Republicans are fighting back in Georgia. I wish they'd learned to do that in, in, in Washington, D.C. But, um, this is an article from the Hill and I'm only going to hit, hit the high notes here just to tell you what Georgia has done. But it says in the waning hours of the legislative session, the Georgia's the Georgia house passed a bill to repeal a tax break on jet fuel aimed squarely at one of the state's largest companies and the largest operator of flights into and out of Hartsfield Jackson. The measure came after Delta CEO Ed Bastian issued a memo criticizing the package of election reforms, which opponents have called a modern version of Jim Crow laws. 
Last week, the Georgia legislature passed a sweeping voting reform act. Okay, we've already done that. Um, and, of course, Bastion criticized it. Let's see. Let's go back down. House Speaker David Ralston acknowledged early Thursday that the move was meant as a retaliation. They like our po- public policy <laughs> when we're doing things that benefit them, and they reap the rewards of those benefits, and then they turn around and do this, Ralston told reporters. All As all of you know, I can't resist a country boy line or two. You don't feed a dog that bites your hand. You've got to keep that in mind. I've heard that before. So anyway, um, Georgia has, uh, the legislature has uh, repealed their tax that's going to cost Delta a lot of money. Uh, and buying their jet fuel. So um, good for them. Maybe that's just the first thing of many things that they may try to, uh, now they need to aim at Coca-Cola, Home Depot. (laughs) Let's see who else. Yeah. I mean, they really, any, anybody that's getting a tax break that's that uh, from the state of Georgia right now uh, on their business. uh, Hey, I'm all for it. Go after them, take it back. You know, if they're going to criticize what you do, then uh, just take their money back or take away their tax break. It's not really their money. It's just their tax break. Right. So I kind of like that. It shows a little gumption. Yeah. So, you know, yeah a lot of that. people, I think they thought the Republicans were going to back down because the Republicans kind of caved last year when they, they made some concessions with the, with the, um, voting restrictions here in Georgia, they ease the restrictions. So, you know, in an effort to, you know, appease, uh, Stacey Abrams group. And, um, I think they're trying to show that they're not going to do that anymore. So we'll see. Yeah. That's right. Hold the line. Um, (laughs) well, we'll go from that. You know, it is Easter Donald Wayne. So, you know, for at least another, um, 19 minutes. Um, so there's a story from Business Insider from, uh, I don't know who. Anyway, unlike the Easter Bunny, there's uh, rabbits that um, that can't hop. Were you aware of that, Donald Wayne? A rabbit that can't hop? No. Yeah. I, I have never actually heard that, Dennis Lee. Uh, well, I'm, I'm here to tell you. This picture <laughs> of a uh, Sauteur d'Alfort. Rabbit what? also, yes, that's a Sauteur d'Alfort rabbit, um, also known as the Alfort jumping rabbits, have a peculiar way of moving. Um, how do you move? How do they move, you may ask? Um, With you all? Ins- I don't know. <laughs> Instead of hopping on their hind legs like other bunnies, the Sauteur d'Alfort Rabbits lift their back legs from the ground and handstand on their forelegs. I mean, mm. really? Um, right? Yeah. They, then they, they then scurry forward on their front paws, maintaining their balance. I mean, you know, that would be a good trick. Um, we probably win a little money on that. Um, ever since the species was first discovered in 1935, 
Scientists have been baffled as to why the furry creatures are unable to hop or jump like most other rabbits. I mean, I'd want to know, too. Um, Academics from the PLOS Genetics, a peer-reviewed scientific journal, now have an explanation. Gizmodo reported, um, the unusual gait can be explained by a genetic mutation, the study found. This species has a warped RORB gene. Um, BBC Newsround said, this was the only mutation that stood out as really striking. Miguel Carnerio, an academic at the University of Porto, told the media outlet, <laughs> you love that, don't you? A mut- <laughs> I'm writing all this down. <laughs> a, a mutation in the RORB gene can result in the loss of spinal cord interneurons. Who knew? Um, when you move these neurons fire all the time, they coordinate muscle contractions and know if the other limbs are in balance. Leif Anderson, a co-author of the study, told Gizmodo, the coordination of muscle contraction is not correct in these rabbits, obviously. Um, in the Satur d'Alfort rabbit, these interneurons were either less abundant or totally absent, the study said. This in turn results in the loss of salatorial locomotion. I think that was a song, wasn't it, Donald Wayne? It was well, a hit, too. The locomotion um, part was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ability to jump or hop is what that means. Um the handstanding is a result of the rabbits working around their inability to travel like other species, the study said. Poor rabbits. Um, baby rabbits of the species learn after a few months to walk solely on their front legs to compensate for the genetic mutation and consequent spinal defects, the new scientist said. It's unlikely that the quirky gait causes the animals any pain, Gizmozo reported, although they didn't actually interview one of the rabbits, but the team of 12 scientists solved the mystery of the hand-standing rabbits after an experiment involving the breeding of the Satur d'Alfort rabbit with other with another species that can hop and jump normally, Slate reported. The scientists then sequenced the DNA of the 50 or so descendants with this, uh, the Smithsonian magazine said. Um... Some of the baby rabbits had hand-standing gaits, and scientists were un- were able to identify the mutation in the code at the RORB gene in these animals. Um, previous studies have shown that the RORB mutations in other animals, such as mice, can interfere with normal movement. RORB-deficient mice waddle like ducks, <laughs> um, the POS study said. And that is enough for me to say on that. Um, but poor rabbits. I mean, really. Um, I, I, I'd be I, like, you know, I bet I can get my rabbit to walk on his front legs. <laughs> bet you 20 bucks. Um, no, you can't. I think we got uh, some Republicans with that spinal issue. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. They might want to check their ROBs. Um <laughs> Probably uh, ROBs. Yeah, you know what a fascinating life they leave live. Um, <laughs> the bunnies or the scientists? Can, can you imagine sitting around in a group of four or five of these scientists and their conversations at lunch? 
Say, Larry, uh, we need yeah. some more government funding. What do you suppose we do? Well, I just noticed this rabbit the other day that was walking on his front legs. It was odd. Yeah, we got right. to get some money for that. Yeah, we get about $28 million. Uh, Biden's yeah. in office. We could get more. So. <laughs> yeah, where did they get money to study these things? Um, somebody gives it to them. I mean, yeah. Probably prom- promised a cure for it or something. All right, Dennis Lee. So, have you got a this day in history for us on a well, Sunday? Well, I'm glad you said something about that, Donald Wayne. There's always a day in history, and uh, today is indeed one of those days. Um, so, on this day in history, um, April fourth, nineteen sixty-eight, Martha, uh, Martin Luther, Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Um, he was fatally shot while standing on the balcony outside his second-story room at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. The civil rights leader was in Memphis to support a sanitation worker strike and was on his way to dinner when a bullet struck him in the jaw and severed his spinal cord. King was pronounced dead after his arrival at a Memphis hospital when he was only 39 years old. In the months before his assassination, Martin Luther King became increasingly concerned with the problem of economic inequality in America. He organized a poor people's campaign to focus on the issue, including a march on Washington. And in March 1968, traveled to Memphis in support of poorly treated African-American sanitation workers. On March 28th, a workers' protest march led by King ended in violence and the death of an African-American teenager. King left the city but vowed to return in early April to lead another demonstration. Um, So on April 3rd, back in Memphis, King gave his last sermon saying, we've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and he's swallowed, he's allowed me to go up to the mountain." And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And it's almost as eerie, you know, if you think about it, because it's almost like he, he knew that something was coming. I don't know if he knew it was coming that quickly, though. Um, one day after speaking those words, Dr. King was shot and killed by a sniper. As word of the assassination spread, riots broke out in cities all across the United States, and National Guard troops were deployed in Memphis and Washington, D.C. On April 9th, King was laid to rest in his hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. Tens of thousands of people lined the streets to pay tribute to King's casket as it passed by in a wooden farm cart drawn by two mules. The evening of King's murder, a Remington um hunting rifle was found on the sidewalk beside a rooming house on one block from the Lorraine Motel. During the next several weeks, the rifle eyewitness reports and fingerprints on the weapon all implicated a single suspect, escaped convict James Earl Ray. A two-bit criminal, Ray escaped a Missouri prison in April 1967 while serving a sentence for a holdup. And in May 1968, a massive manhunt, manhunt for Ray began. The FBI eventually determined that he had obtained a Canadian passport under false identity, uh, which at the time was relatively easy. Um, 
And then we're going to skip down to over the years, the assassination has been re-examined by the House Select Committee on Assassinations, the Shelby County, Tennessee uh, District Attorney's Office, and three times by the U.S. Department of Justice. The investigations all ended with the same conclusion. James Earl Ray killed Martin Luther King. The House Committee acknowledged that a now a low-level conspiracy might have existed involving one or more accomplices to Ray, but uncovered no evidence to definitively prove this theory. In addition to the mountain of evidence against him, such as his fingerprints on the murder weapon and his admitted presence at the rooming house on April 4th, Ray had a definite motive in assassinating King, hatred. According to his family and friends, he was an outspoken racist who informed them of his intent to kill Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Then he died in 1998. And that was this day in history, 1968, April 4th. All right. I still remember that. Yeah, course, unfortunately, the 60s history were, is not always cozy. Yes, the the '60s were you know pretty pretty violent. Especially. Well, I think we were we were talking about on I think we were talking about on another one of our shows or somewhere else that you know presidents uh, the people that have assassinated presidents have had they've had three names three names yeah so this was another one that stuck out I mean, or they he get, wasn't a president he was a prominent leader. Yeah, they get called out by their by all three names. Uh, right, right. I mean, most of us have, you know, three names, but um, yeah, some I mean, have we four. Called by oh, ho, ho. You know <laughs> some I mean? have yeah. four. Well, no, seriously. I mean, some long, 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 long names. All righty. Well, well, let me. Um, the let me boys still a, working for us, or are yeah, they, they are? I mean, are uh, they taking the day off because of Easter? They're over here, you know, um, cleaning their strings. I don't know really why. <laughs> strings. Um, yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all get off your stool over there and come on over if you don't mind. Thank you. Ash. Such such enthusiasm. I know they're just. At least we know they're not on drugs. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, Donald. <laughs> well, you know, maybe moonshine. I'll give them um, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this this year is is starting to pick up speed or something. You know, uh, I think we're in warp drive. <laughs> already Operation warp drive. April. All right. So the national calendar days for tomorrow, because it's still technically Sunday for another six minutes. These are uh, calendar days for Monday, April the 5th. And that's not it. <laughs> well, 
that's not it. I'm looking up there and I'm saying, that's not it. What is that? What is that? What, what let is me it? let me slow down here. Um, obviously, someone's playing a trick on me. <laughs> so well, it's not April first. Um, you know, uh, no, it's not. We're well past April the first. Um, all right. Can you yodel or something for a second, and I'll uh... yodel. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Let me, let me, let me check this thing here. What does this say? Oh, that's crazy. I, I, I got it in National Ferret Day. We're way past National whoa, Ferret Day. Whoa, whoa. Uh, anybody watch um, you know, uh, Wizard of Oz today? It's odd what is on on Easter. Is you'd it on? It, it was on religious. Today? Yeah, you think it would be religious shows, but it went. It was Wizard of Oz and something else. Um, so. Usually, the night before Easter, ABC would air the the Ten Commandments, starring Charlton Heston. Oh well, no more. I don't We're know if they did it that, this year or not. We're not in that kind of world. Uh, Eric, and I think uh, like another this day in history for April Fourth, I think was Hank Aaron back in nineteen seventy four scoring that seven hundred fifteenth home run. Oh yeah, that's a more cheery um, this day in history. That's for sure. Oh yeah. All right, I've, I've got it. Uh, I just had to go to the website because I have no idea what happened to that copy. But uh, uh, we're not. We've already talked about ferrets, or did we ever do the ferret day? I don't, don't know. know if we ever did or uh, not. Anyway, I mean, I think we cute that, and cuddly, Donald Wayne. Yeah, I always think of uh, a kindergarten cop when I think of the ferret because that's what he had in the movie. You remember that he he took the ferret to the classroom with all the little kindergarten kids because they were. They were driving him crazy, and he thought maybe the ferret would get their attention and calm them down. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not remembering that, Donald. So, so he walks into the classroom with the little, I guess, four and five year olds, and uh, he's got this ferret in his hand. And one of the kids says, "Gee, Mister, what happened to your dog?" So, because you know, his ferrets real long and looks like a weasel, actually. <laughs> Cute movie, cute movie. There's other scenes in there that I really love, but we won't go into that. Uh, so how today long was this ferret? Oh, no, sorry. How what? How long was the ferret? Is that what you said? <laughs> so I'm sorry, I digress. I I don't know. I, ask me on well, ask me on a on another day. Wednesday. Um, so April the fifth of today is uh, National First Contact Day. Oh, um, I'm surprised you didn't know that, Dennis Lee. But um, I didn't. I should be ashamed of myself. Yes, you should. Slap, slap, slap. But first contact day on April the 5th commemorates a fictional date in the future when an alien species visits Earth and makes contact with Earthlings for the first time. While the fictional date of 2063 is less than half a generation away, Mere humans contemplate the possibilities the further we explore space. So this day is dedicated to, I, I was thinking it was about first contact, you know, like the movie Contact yeah, with uh, Jodie uh, Foster. Where are those aliens, what planet they'll be from, Donald Wayne? I'm curious. Uh, as long as they're not Klingons or whatever well, whatever I mean, Thor was fighting, you know, in that there's last... A, <laughs> there's, 
there's controversy that Klingons might actually come from a planet in our own solar system. So, oh, really? Uh, hmm. But, um, <laughs> okay. I, I'm well, going to leave that alone. Here. You digress. <laughs> yeah, I digress. <laughs> uh, today is also National Gold Star Spouses Day, which uh, this is a day that honors the surviving loved ones of military service members killed in the line of duty. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot on here about that, but that's, it's a special day to commemorate. Um, let's see what the next one is here. It's also national caramel day. I swear we talk about caramel a lot. Doesn't it seem like we just talked about caramel? I mean, I like caramels. Well, I I know, but maybe it's, maybe it's caramel nut day or something like that. They, (laughs) <laughs> then they'll pick days that they spread caramel all over stuff. So, I mean, spread caramel? Sp- well, if you, what do you spread heat it up on? and melt it, and you can pour it over and spread oh, okay. stuff. Right. It's right. also National Deep Dish Pizza Day. I mean, you know, what What do I need to say about deep dish pizza? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not already said, yes. And this is kind of up your alley, uh, <laughs> National Flash Drive Day. Um, oh, so drive. they have a day for that. Do, do we well, use flash drives anymore? I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're trying to put something away, I mean, yeah. Hmm. Put something away. Okay. It's also national go for broke day. Do you, you know what that is? Um, it sounds expensive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, don't yeah, know that's, that's is. the, uh, that's the American, uh, that's the American budget, United States budget. Uh, this is a day that encourages us to give it our all. No matter our goal, there's a reason to persevere despite all the odds. Um, go for broke day. I mean, there's a long article on here. I'm not going to do that. Go for broke day truly signifies giving it your all regardless of your obstacles. So hang in there and go for broke. Go for broke. I mean, there was there was a ton of things. I mean, April must be a day just to celebrate all this stuff. Um, it's also National Nebraska Day, and I don't think we've ever had anybody at least tell us that they live in Nebraska. So we don't even we won't even worry about talking about Nebraska Day. It's also National Raisin and Spice Bar Day. Um, oh, I like raisins. You. Raisins, you like them sprinkled yeah, into a spice bar? And, and, and word of warning, don't those those things that look like raisins out in the yard are not really there for you to eat. Um, you may uh, have rabbits. No, well, that and and if you find them in the water heater closet of your house, they're probably not. Yeah, uh, that's not, uh, Yeah, I wouldn't put that in a fruit salad. Uh, so, you know, that's, there's another food thing. And the last thing on the list is national read a roadmap day. Does anybody use a roadmap anymore? I mean, you've got apps on your phone navigation. You've got, you know, all the, what cars in the last six or seven years have uh, navigation systems on them. So who reads a roadmap? Anybody read a roadmap? Yeah. Yeah. With my dad being a, a truck driver, I think. You know, you know, since he's like an old school truck driver, um, you know, because like, you know, using like GPS on your phone, like whether it's like a Google Maps or Waze, they, they do not they did not have like a, a trucker's, you know, map 
like in mind because because yeah. like you know like um like over like in certain parts of Georgia you know like like there's like like a couple times like I've driven over to Winder like over in Barrow County and I'm, I mean I can't believe how much Barrow County and certain parts of Gwinnett County have just exploded in terms of population growth um you know, I would go over to the Golden Corral over there a couple of times to get some yeast rolls. Um, and, and, uh, and, and you got like bottleneck traffic on Georgia Highway 11 and Georgia Highway 53 and then and 316 where Highway 11 meets. I think they're in the process of building like a Passover bridge instead of that being a traffic lighted intersection for very much longer. And, and hopefully before the end of this year, the Harbins Road 316 intersection will be completed. Oh, that'd be neat for that area. But I think there's still more traffic lighted intersections. They still got to work on phasing out. But I know that's going to cost cost billions more. And and I know in some intersections that aren't traffic lighted are going to probably have to be reworked. Well, I imagine that's all those people over in Gwinnett County that are trying to escape, don't you? Uh, Eric? I would I would imagine so, or <laughs> are probably trying to venture out more toward Athens. But then you might have the Athens crowd trying to venture more toward Atlanta. So, and I think well, Gwinnett yeah, County is right in between. I think Athens is kind of a more leaning Democrat county, at least Clark on county, yes. red. Um, even though our governor, I believe, is from Clark County. Um, yeah, he's from the Athens area, yes. Yeah. But that's what's happening here. I mean, years ago, people moved up to the suburbs to get away from the politics in Atlanta. They would move to Cobb County and, and North Fulton County. Uh, even, I, I think at the time, Gwinnett County. And uh, but now the politics um, follows them. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I know your out. more affluent areas are or along like the I-75, Georgia 400 and I-85, like like North Corridors, like like North Fulton, Forsyth, Cobb and Cherokee and Paulding and, and, and Gwinnett and maybe even parts of like Hall County. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where you're. Yeah, that's that's where the people with especially Alpharetta is a is a pretty rich you know and i think like the south side going down 75 towards stockbridge and mcdonough and, and then going down 85 toward like fairburn and noon and i'm pretty sure that's probably already by now exploded yep yeah it's it's uh people move further out and then uh then it grows up and then people who want a little bit of a sanity they have to move further out still uh, it's a never-ending cycle uh-huh well, that was the last of my. Um, oh well, let me uh, let me get the boys. Those over days. Here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I put that down. Jeez, I swear. You got a cheese sandwich. Thank you, boys. Appreciate that. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, such such a talented group. How many are in that group, Dennis Lee? Uh, just two. Oh, just two? I was thinking there was at least three. No, just two. Mm, okay. yeah, don't worry, boys. I got the cab ride. Yeah, uh, here, give me this <laughs> one to pull up. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. I'll just pull out the sofa bed. Let them hang <laughs> for the night. Nope. <laughs> All righty. Well, I guess we go into our first story. All the, although they all seem like stories, right. but um, 
The uh, first thing I'm going to talk about tonight is uh, the 2021 liberal speak. Ocasio-Cortez is the VP of liberal speak. And this, uh, again, this was actually a story I was going to use um, earlier last week and one of those days that we didn't get to everything. So, um, but this is from Mike Huckabee, the morning edition. I think it was last Tuesday. Uh, so Mike writes, I've often written about why the left is constantly declaring various words to be offensive, racist, etc., often with no logical reason other than that those words make it harder for them to bend the truth. So they want to, they want them banned. In the book 1984, George Orwell called it Newspeak. Um, I don't know. Have you have you read uh, 1984, Dennis or Eric? I haven't, but I'm familiar with nope. the, the way the 1984 scenario works. Yeah, I, I I never read it. I hate to say it, I never read it. Um, anyway, uh, George Orwell called it Newspeak. The way the totalitarian totalitarian I don't think that's quite right, but uh, government systematically removed words from the language that were used to describe the government's crimes and abuses so that eventually the people wouldn't even be able to uh, be capable of expressing opposition because there would literally be no words to express it with. Well, that's what's happening so fast that I have to report on two inconvenient words that the left is trying to shove down the memory hole just today. First, Biden's new U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services Director, Tracy Renault, ordered the agency to remove the word aliens from its policy manual and replace it with non-citizen or undocumented individual. This deliberate fuzzification of the language is part of an ongoing effort to erase the meaning of words. So there is no way to differentiate a legal immigrant from a foreign resident from an illegal alien. Note how a member of any of those groups could be a non-citizen, and there's no way to tell whether they're here legally or not. Meanwhile, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has declared it verboten to use the word surge to describe the surge of illegal immigrants, non-citizens across our southern border. She said, anyone who's using the term surge around you conspicuously is, let's see, let me back up, surge around you consciously, okay, is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. And that's a problem because this is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents and we are not being invaded, which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea philosophy the idea that if another is coming in the population that is an invasion of who we are what utter claptrap huckabee says surge is a perfectly fine word with a very specific and appropriate meaning a sudden or great increase which is exactly what we've seen in the number of illegal border crossers it doesn't mean that they're insurgents, although Democrats have recently proven that they have a poor grasp on the meaning of that word. Invasion also has a very specific meaning to enter by force or to enter as if invading, to overrun or crowd. Immigrants don't invade a country, but you could argue that illegal immigrants currently are. 
And if concern about having your country invaded by outsiders is based in white supremacy or racism, then why was France so concerned about Germans invading or Ukraine about Russia invaders? This is this the sorriest list 49 synonyms for stupid. And none of them are strong enough to describe that comment. Maybe we need to invent some new words or at least stop throwing away the perfectly good old ones. As the attorney said, inherit the wind and explaining why he swore language is a poor enough means of communication. We've got to use all the words we've got. Besides, there are damn few words anybody understands. If we left, if we allow the left to keep censoring our language, soon there will be no words left that anybody understands. And that's Huckabee's take on word cancellation in America. You have to say, I've, I've never heard the word claptrap before. Um, <laughs> no, I've heard it. I was, have you? I I, very, I'm not going to say it's a Texas word, but I've very heard it. Interesting term. Well, this, oh. he, he has a plethora of, uh, descriptions of people that maybe might challenge your your vocabulary but um yeah it it's it i saw that little piece with her talking about that and it's it's <laughs> it's insulting it's insulting how she is telling us what words we can use or what words actually mean and right. if we use a particular word Again, the old fallback is racist or white supremacist terminology. And it's, you know, it's, it's just getting a little bit unbearable, unbearable. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's horrible. They well, just, I'm, yes, they just won't let it go. No, it, it's, and it's, I, I did a, a story last night. Um, well, let's see. Uh, I guess it was two nights ago about California again and, and what the board of education has done there in California, passed some uh, new regulations and, and uh, approved a new curriculum. It still has to be approved by the governor, but they're basically, they're almost removing everything that you and I would recognize as education and schools and replacing it with all of this gender, race and um, everything except reading, writing and arithmetic. I mean, it's still in there, but obviously, but they're trying to inject even uh, those race into those issues of, of arithmetic and, and English and history. Of course, you know, they've, they've just basically rewritten history. So um, this is another part of that. They're going to redefine our language to make it suit, you know, what they think is correct. And uh, mm. I, I'm just not sure how long we're going to keep tolerating that. It mm. doesn't make sense. These are not the people who need to decide what words we need to be using. No, not at all. Well, um, you know, we'll go from that. We'll go down to Florida, you know, Florida, and this has been on the news a lot today. Uh, I haven't watched a lot, you know, a great deal of news, but for for what I've had on, 
Uh, Florida is facing an imminent pollution catastrophe from phosphate mining pond um, that uh, is tied to a leak in a um, uh, leak in, a re- in the wall of the retention pond. Um, this is by Richard uh, Luscombe from The Guardian. So work crews were pumping millions of gallons of contaminated wastewater into an ecologically sensitive Florida bay on Sunday as they tried to prevent the imminent collapse of a storage reservoir at an old phosphate mine. And I let people know, too, that this water is um, been told to be radioactive as well. Uh, officials in Manatee County extended an evacuation zone overnight and warned that up to 340 million gallon, <laughs> gallons. How much is a, ga- a gallon, you may say? Well, it's, a, it's just like a gallon. Um, 340 million gallons could engulf the area in a 20-foot wall of water uh, if they could not repair the breach at the Piney Point Reservoir in the Tampa Bay area north of Bradenton. I wish uh, Tampa Bay Mike was on here. He may be able to shed some light on that, but aerial images aired on local television showed water pouring from leaks in the walls of the retention pond. Um, Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, declared a state of emergency after officials warned of the imminent collapse of the pond. Um, He toured the scene by helicopter and said at a press conference, engineers were still attempting to plug breaches in the reservoir wall with rocks and other materials, and that other mitigation efforts included the controlled release of three, uh, 35 million gallons daily at Port Manatee. He said the State Department uh, of Environmental Protection had brought in 20 new pumps. He said, we're, uh, what we're looking at now is trying to prevent and respond to, if need be, a real catastrophe. A catastrophic flood situation, DeSantis said. The water quality issues that are flowing from this for us is less than the risk of everyone's health and safety, particularly folks who may live in the area. Um, The governor also attempted to downplay reports that the water contained traces of radioactive materials. But as a sidebar, if you look at all kinds of other sources, there is alleged radioactive materials tied to this water. Um, The water was tested prior to discharge. The primary concern is nutrients, he said. The water meets quality standards, standards for marine waters, with the exception primarily of the phosphorus and the nitrogen. Um, Have a hard time with that, but, you know, it is what they say it is, so let's hope it is. Um, Scott hopes the acting county administrator warned that despite a low population density, the nearby area could be overwhelmed by a sudden collapse of the 77 acre pond, even though discharges had lessened the quantity of remaining water. Um, he said, if, what if we ha- should have a full breach? We're down about 340 million gallons that could breach in totality in a period of minutes and the models for less than an hour are as high as a 20-foot wall of water. Um, that would be something to be concerned about, Donald Wayne. Um, it would. I would, um, I, I would. That would cause me to lose a little sleep. A little bit. So uh, if you're in, a, in a, an evacuation area and you have not heated that you need to think twice and follow the orders. 
Officials widened the evacuation zone late on Saturday from a dozen or so properties to more than 300 houses. The Tampa Bay Times interviewed some residents who were refusing to leave. Uh, A local jail a mile away from the leaky pond was not being evacuated, (laughs) but officials were moving people and staff to the second story and putting sandbags on the ground floor. Hopes said models showed the area could be covered within between one foot to five foot of water, and the second floor is 10 foot above the ground. So, you know, let them eat cake, I guess. (laughs) You know, making them put sandbags out and whatnot. Uh, County officials said well water remained unaffected, and there was no threat to Lake Manatee, the area's primary source for drinking water. But wouldn't you be concerned if um, this old phosphate mine that – possibly or you know may not be you know have contained radioactive material was going to leak into your water supply um you know the the pond at the abandoned possible what's that yeah. way? <laughs> a phosphate yeah you know you, you know phosphate in the phosphate um um <laughs> I, I think I had that once. Yeah. Uh, to get him to check your phosphate, Donald Wayne. <laughs> the pond at the abandoned phosphate mine sits in a stack of, uh, oh my goodness, phosphogypsum. Oh my goodness. A radioactive waste product from fertilizer manufacturing. The pond contains small amounts of naturally occurring, occurring, no, we're talking about cheese. For goodness sakes, the pond contains small amounts of naturally occurring radium and uranium, which is radioactive. The stacks can also release large concentrations of radon gas. All of them are not good for you. Um, Nikki Fried, or Nikki Freed, the Florida Agriculture Commissioner and the only elected Democrat in the statewide office, warned of an environmental catastrophe and called on DeSantis who described the toxic water as mixed salt water in a tweet announcing the state of emergency to hold an emergency cabinet meeting. Floridians were evacuated from their homes on Easter weekend. 480 million gallons of toxic wastewater could end up in Tampa Bay. This might become an environmental catastrophe, she said on Twitter. Environmental protection groups warned that the more pollutants in Tampa Bay would heighten the risk to wildlife from toxic red tide algae blooms. Um, phosphate companies had have had over 50 years to figure out why uh, a way to dispose of the radioactive gypsum waste. The activist group Mana, or Manasota 88 <laughs> said, Manosaurite glypsum gaprus. Um, at the present time, there are no federal, state, or local regulations requiring the industry to make final disposition of <sighs> phosphogypsum waste <laughs> in an environmentally acceptable manner. Of course there's not. And might as well just pass it on to the people. And a statement the group added, the current crisis can be traced back to the absurd 2006 de- decision to allow dredged material from Port Manatee to be placed in one of the JIP stacks at Pitney Point. That sounds odd. Something the the stack was never designed for and should have never been allowed. 
Um, at the Sunday press conference, Hope said the long-term objective would be to entirely pump out the three reservoirs on the site and fill them in. Later in the day, he said the amount of water left in the reservoir was now below 300 million gallons. Gallons. I mean, they just keep coming up. Um, the county commission said it was more comfortable than it had been. I'm sure they are. They're probably 10 feet above the fuck, the uh, freaking uh, <laughs> the, the freaking water line. They, it's it's are not tall to us. I mean, though a cata catastrophic collapse was still a possibility. I mean, you know, they're it just it just pisses me off. These people are like, oh well, now it's below three hundred million gallons, so it's not really much of a problem, you know. But we're fine. We're actually up on the hill. Is that um, less than gallons? Yes, it okay. is actually. Okay. Hopes also <laughs> said. This could have been resolved over two decades ago. Well, it really doesn't matter now, does it, Hopes? Um, the owner of Piney Point, uh, HRK Holdings, bought the site after it was abandoned by the Mulberry Corporation, um, which operated the phosphate plant for more than 40 years. I didn't know that Andy was involved with that. As long ago as 2003, the Sarasota Herald Tribune reported reservoir walls were crumbling. The Federal Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, previously authorized the dumping of hundreds of millions of gallons of toxic water into the Gulf of Mexico. No worries. Why not? If we're dumping oil in there, might as well dump some radioactive material in there as well. At a meeting of the Manatee Commission on Thursday, called after the seriousness of the new leak became apparent, Engineers pointed to the deterioration of the pond's decades-old plastic liner and pointing fingers at everyone else in the room. The condition of the liner is not particularly great, Mike Kelly, an engineer commissioned by HRK Holdings, told the meeting, the Times reported. It's old. I mean, what the hell? There were some installation issues, you know, 40 years ago. There's a long-documented history of that liner system having issues, We've just done nothing about it. Um, that's great for all the people who live in Tampa Bay. Don't you think, buddy? The newspaper inspected records and found that staff documented small holes or weaknesses in plastic seams above the waterline in July, October, and December in 2020. Um, on Sunday, DeSantis said HRK would be held accountable well, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? It doesn't really matter whose fault it is. Just get it fixed. You know, you're going to have a 20-foot-tall uh, wave of water come down on the Tampa Bay residents, and it's like, well, it's fine to go into salt water. Nobody will be affected, really, um, you know, as long as you're five feet above ground, uh, you'll be fine. <sighs> Sorry, that's Adam. All I, got to say I was muted that. so I could <laughs> respond to slightly. That's all I got to say about that. It's funny how people in government will just wave these things off like it's no big deal. Like, oh, now I mean, don't listen to those people that said it's radioactive or could contaminate the water, or, you know, kill off wildlife. Don't even worry about that. Just. Get out of the, uh, you know, get out of the evacuation zone. Um, 
I'm thinking after tonight's stories <laughs> that that we might ought to consider recording our our stories so we can get the uh, pronunciations <laughs> set. I mean, we... galleons and. I mean, you know, when I read a story, sometimes I say, oh, "Okay, well, it, it works in my head," but when I try to pronounce it, it's just like there's there's just a disconnect. And uh, it, it is doesn't... slightly. It is a game. Um, <laughs> it well, doesn't yeah, come out. Well, and especially when I get fired up, I mean, I tried to keep it clamped down, but uh, they just they just keep bringing me back in. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's fate. That's all I can yeah. tell you. Uh, 100, 180 million gallons less. Um, you know, should it you know call for nobody to really be worried? I don't know. Go figure. Well, you know, maybe if everybody jumps in the ocean. <laughs> well, we went over that last time, didn't we? And, and try to raise the sea level a little bit. <laughs> I mean, really? really? The one to survive the sharks and the. Ah, one can only hope. Um. All right. Well, let's see. Time wise, got just a little ditty right here. Oh. <laughs> um. Let's see. It's. Huckabee says, "If incidentally, if you're wondering how the overworked, how overworked the poor coyotes are, <laughs> coyotes, coyotes, <laughs> quaaludes, tomatoes, potatoes, Jim Jams, I don't know those people." <laughs> and I just said what I said. Uh, it's predicted that this month, over sixteen thousand unaccompanied children will be apprehended at the border 16,000 kids well, and, and sorry Donald Wayne but did you see the video of them dropping the two kids over the oh, yeah yeah that was the, that was their, insane uh they showed it later there's two little girls um you know they of course they uh the uh, one of the border patrol people had them somewhere and they'd cleaned them up but yeah that's just I, you know, and I was thinking some bad thoughts as that guy was standing at the top of the fence. I yeah. won't tell you what I was thinking, but uh, as he dropped those two kids, and then he and another person ran off. Back yeah, in they New just Mexico. ran off into the darkness. I'm thinking, you know, if we had some Marines stationed down there somewhere, you know, at a high point, like in a tower or something. Yeah, but yeah. I won't go any further than that. But Grab sixteen thousand, sixteen thousand. Um, which would shatter the previous monthly record of 11,475 in May of 2019, uh, despite what Joe Biden and his cronies talk about all the time, say that this is no worse than what it was with uh, Donald Trump. At this rate, it's projected that there will be as many as 25,000 coming across in May. I just... Um, let's see one more figure here, or maybe it will be 75,000. If you go by Arizona sheriff who like, unlike Joe Biden is actually on the border dealing with the crisis and right. who says the numbers are being underreported by close to 300%. Uh, it's probably that sheriff that gets interviewed all the time over there in Arizona. Arpaio, I'm guessing it probably, yeah. yeah he's the one that had the tent city or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. But, um, of course, we're sending, we're sending them to California to be educated, uh, as Slightly knows. <laughs> he was talking about the other night. But um, 
I just, I don't, I don't know how, how now, anybody. Cal- calm down slightly. His blood pressure all up again. Yeah, don't, don't, don't want to get you all riled up this late. Well, it's not late for you, but um, I, I just don't know what they think we're supposed to do with all these kids. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Like, um, you know, like slightly was talking about the other night. Actually, I had that same article. We never got to it the other day. Uh, it was one of my last articles I was going to use about uh, the teachers volunteering to to teach those kids, you know, that are coming across the border illegally. Uh, but yet we can't get them to go. They don't want to go teach American kids in school in California. That's. Yeah. Um, we we could spend two or three shows on that, but we won't. I just thought I'd close it out with those little numbers there. Uh, and yeah, I saw that that video of those kids, but at least they're letting them in there now in Texas, and uh, they're letting them look at these these camps or these facilities, and and getting pictures back. So right, I, I just can you say sanity in our well, government but um, texas uh didn't texas weren't they sending uh texas rangers to the border i believe i saw a story maybe on friday that texas was going to start taking uh, things into their own hands about at least controlling the people that get across the border i guess they can't legally stop them from coming over but once they get into the state uh, i think that they can you know they can do something. Yeah. Yeah. No help from the government on that, but you know, probably better handled by the state. Uh, uh, you know, anyways, well, somebody was saying last week, I think they posted on Twitter. They were looking for people to volunteer to go to Texas to help man the border. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. They, they I were heard trying. that, that, um, I thought it was a, what did you say? The administration was calling for volunteers. Oh no, no. It was people on uh, Twitter. Somebody was uh, on Twitter tweeting about people volunteering to, to go, I'll go to Texas and uh, yeah, help, uh, help at the yes. border. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Biden was asking for volunteers as well. Um, Biden was. Yeah. Yep. To do what? I saw that article. Um, yesterday or a couple of days ago for people to come down to the border and, and help. You know, guess he wants people to start taking those families into their own house, like a foster program. <laughs> I mean, well, not really, that's not what it said, but he yeah. did ask for volunteers um, to come down. I think every Democrat and especially everybody in, in Biden's administration needs to be the first ones to take in some of those kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pelosi and, <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. We don't have time to go down that rant hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, any closing thoughts there, Dennis Lee or Eric, you got any uplifting news? Um, n- nothing real, really <laughs> I can think of. Um, you know, and I saw where slightly down in the chat is talking about, you know, his mother, you know, trying to get get an adopted da- daughter of hers um, here. 
you know, l- legally, but um, but it's just like taking forever. But I've mentioned, you know, that I could place them in contact with my friend Susan and her son Bart, and might, maybe they could work on expediting, you know, get, you know, get get getting the family member here legally. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's a big issue, and and I've I've read some articles about. I mean, I. I Seemed like adoptions were down, mm-hmm. although they're seeing, they always talk about the numbers of people wanting to adopt kids is higher than than what are available. But then they tend people tend to want to adopt uh, younger kids or even babies, you know, so they they don't take on somebody else's, you know, as opposed to teenagers. Sometimes it's so sad when you see those stories about teenagers that. Uh, they spend a lot of their life until they become adults. And, you know, um, I guess they still call them orphanages. Uh, and then some of them go out to foster homes, but never really a permanent place to live. It's sad. Okay. Well, if we don't have anything uplifting, then I guess, Eric, if you want to uh, well promote... Uh, some shows that well, would be and, um, nice. Thank you, as always, to, to seeing some of our usual friends to join our live cast, including Crimson, Jesta, Slightly Serious, Moxie, um, you know, Linga Longa, the Who's Look Who's Reigning Now podcast, as well as a couple of of new names like uh, Sasquatch and and a new name Chick Pab Jessica, I believe, and other friends who jo- join this live cast. And of course, um, thank you to the friends who are listening to this published episode on download. But in the meantime, we, we encourage friends to check out other great Podbean live shows, including the Ralph William podcast weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Ho- hopefully he'll have shows on this week. Um, and plus, he's also on it impromptu times. And hopefully coming soon, he's got a new season of the Friday Night Sex Talk with Virgin Ears coming up. 10 a.m. Eastern, you've got the chit-chat with the old man from the old man's podcast with Dina, Joe, and Eric. Um, you know, if you enjoy some lighthearted coffee talk, folksy morning conversation, you know, this might be a podcast show for you. Um, and on Podbean Daytime, always be on the lookout for the Milk Dog 2020 show and be on the lookout for the John DeVito show whenever he's on. Um, and and other names like, like Lauren Lou's Communication Station. Pink Squirrels, whose podcast is this anyway? Um, Wednesdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, you've got Frankie's Crib, and weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you've got Cummings' Culture, where Jeremy likes to say it's not controversial, it's just culture. Weekdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, you have Chuck and Billy's Not Your Cup of Tea, plus they're on at impromptu times, and Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we invite you to check out Uncommon Sense from the Green Room podcast with Corey, Jason, and Mike Tampa Bay. Plus, that show is also on at impromptu times. The Slightly Serious Show is on weeknights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, plus impromptu shows on weekends and other times. Um, you've also got the Forgotten Tunes Music Show. Chris is usually on weeknights at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time or, or midnight um, with impromptu shows as well. And then, then when weekends roll around, you could always be on the lookout for Poetic to do The Holy Shift as well as David to do mysteries of the paranormal and 
um, Captain Jimmy to do the Pirate Radio podcast and Chris Unplugged with Two Peas in a Podcast, um, The Turfy Show, Lyrical Axtives, the It's Doomsday podcast, and a host of other great podcast friends. And of course, come and Linga Longa here with our, our, our good friend Linga Longa, um, Glenn and Brian's Comedy Power Hour, and the Planet ADHD podcast with Brian and Rebecca. You know, the MCL 771 podcast and YouTube friends like Cracks of the Exotics Radio podcast, formerly the Talking Corner, and Roxanne of Odyssey of Ascension. You know, and, you know, podcast shows that I'm confident will not disappoint, that I'm confident that people will enjoy. And, you know, and, and again, we want to, you know, wish everybody all the best this, this spring break week and hope everybody also had a good Easter weekend and. I'm now going to turn it over to Dennis Lee. He's going to tell you how you can get in touch with Trice Talk and Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole and when you can catch the next live episodes and where you can find previously published episodes. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that, Eric. Um, yeah, if you'd like to um, you know, really grab us, get on Twitter at Trice Talk WG Moon. Um, and you can email us at TriceTalk69PTS at gmail.com with any thoughts or uh, questions about the show, Facebook us, uh, you know, uh, at Trice Talk. And there's a lot of, uh, when you go on to Facebook, um, make sure to follow us uh, as well, because you'll get updates on new postings there. And, um, you know, we, we post some of the articles that we use there as well. Um, you can also um, uh, find us on uh, Spotify at Trice Talk and on Amazon Music at Trice Talk. And we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern with mini pods and uh, impromptu shows um, all the rest of the times. And Donald Wayne has been burning it up with the mini pods. So I encourage you to check those out. Um, Thank you, sir. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if you need to get weird or explicit to uh, the point where your blood's boiling and those words that you have inside just need to come out, then come on over to Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole. We can do that for you. Just no sickos or um, anything along that line is allowed. We'll boot you right on out. And um, if you're into conspiracies and whatnot, we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts with impromptu shows as well. And look, uh, we love you. We're glad you're here and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. And I guess we should mention, uh, that you will be absent on, uh, was it Tuesday and Wednesday show? Is that your rehab? Uh, No, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be out and uh, yeah, be in another state altogether. So, so, Oh, you will be here Tuesday then. I will. Yeah. Oh, I had that wrong. See, I had you down that you were just had disappeared. Uh, not yet. Yeah. Where is that correctional facility? Is is <laughs> um, it's indis- undisclosed. Oh, so, okay. Uh, it's one of those exclusive yeah. sites for yeah. uh, VIP to the spa. Yeah, to the spa. <laughs> see, see if we can correct the uh, correctional. So yeah. Well, I wish you a lot of luck with that. I appreciate that. Um. Anyway, yeah, we appreciate everybody spending time with us tonight, as always. And um, so, good. I actually, I won't have to sweat Tuesday night then, huh? 
No, I won't have to double the material. No. So, well, the, we'll have to make sure we have LEJ here Wednesday and Thursday along with Crimson. I think we wore her out the other night. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because I think she she came in, she was there with Crimson and and spent a good part of the show with us. So, um, she may be burned out after that one experience there. Huh. But uh, hopefully, maybe she'll drop back in. So right. the um, the closing thought for tonight is, and it's a simple one. It says, sometimes you need to burn bridges to stop yourself from crossing them again. That kind of makes sense. Burn them down. Burn burn the bridges i just you know just yeah that's right that's right okay yeah, all I right like that. i guess with that dennis lee i'm i'm searching i lost my song that i was gonna <laughs> use to close anytime that i'm hesitating it's like where did it go i think i need to clean my list up because i've got like 50 something songs right here who did this to me i know i just can't believe that so um We'll just we'll just do this, and um, I guess it's time to turn out the lights, Dennis Lee. Well, this party's over, Donald Way. Love you. God bless you. And good night, everybody. See you next time, and see you around pot bean. Stay safe, everybody.
and you have hit me right time. And all I see is you, and even if my heart falls down, I wouldn't have a clue. Because you're 